You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Bernard Milder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. I have to start by asking the question, what is the power of the Holy Spirit in your life? If we say that we are Christians and we say we know Jesus, but we don't know the Holy Spirit, we are deceiving ourselves. Because the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Christ. Amen? If you have been declaring things in your life, things to change in your life, and nothing has changed, you should ask yourself, have I been saying these things and declaring these things in my own strength, or has it been prompted by the Holy Spirit? If you look at Genesis chapter 1 verse 3, or if you go to verse 2 before that, It describes certain characteristics that's not familiar to God or synonym to God. It says that the earth had no form. It was void and darkness was over the face of the earth. God has got a form. God has got substance. God is not darkness. These things were not things of God. It was the devil that tried to interfere. So if the devil interfered with God's business guess what? He will try and interfere with your business. But what did God do? The Bible says in verse 2, but the Spirit of God hovered over the waters. So even God the Father waited for the Holy Spirit to be on the scene before He spoke anything into existence. And He said, let there be light. And there was light. This is a revelation that you need to know that the Holy Spirit was present before God the Father created anything. If you want to see things change in your life, darkness being expelled, wait for the Holy Spirit to be on the scene. Turn to the person next to you and say, I need the Holy Spirit, but I don't always know how much I need the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came for a reason to help us to be with us, to lead us, to guide us, to be a comforter in our lives. Isaiah 61 teaches us that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. So even if you want to preach and you want to share the message of God, it should be in the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus didn't say one word, didn't start His ministry until He declared the Holy Spirit is upon me. Many people today need a message of hope to know that everything is going to be okay, that God is going to see you through. But Jesus said, the Spirit of God is upon me so that I can preach the gospel to the poor, so that I can heal the brokenhearted. Has your heart been broken? Don't raise your hand. But if your heart has been broken and you've gone through things that's really hurt you, God wants to heal that broken heart. It says to set the captives free, to declare to those that have found themselves in prison, you can be set free. To say to you that this is the acceptable year of the Lord. That is the help and the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. When last did you say the Spirit of the Lord is upon me? God has called you, God has made you for a purpose for such a time as this. But if we try and do things in our own strength and our own ability, we're going to fail. Moses 
in his own strength, could only save one. But after he had encountered with God in the burning bush, or with the burning bush, became a deliverer, could save a whole nation. In our own strength, we cannot do that much. But in the strength and the power of the Holy Spirit, many things can change. If we believe that we're a people of faith, you believe that you are born again, the Bible says the day of salvation is today. Your day of salvation has come today. 2 Corinthians 6. Because faith acts now. Faith believes now. Faith receives now. Amen? Do you believe that the Holy Spirit has been poured out? You know what that means? If you believe that, you're believing and by your own confession you are saying, the helper is here to help me. Things that have not changed in my life, the helper is here to help me. Those things that have been too tough and too difficult, the helper is here to help you. Isaiah 61, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the broken heart, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God. You say, yeah, there it is. God's vengeance. Nobody says amen. That's a good thing. Amen. If you go read the book, the New Testament, Luke chapter 4, when Jesus said, Luke chapter 4, verse 18 to 19, when Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach good news, not bad news, good news. God wants to help you. God wants to forgive you. God wants to heal you. God wants to deliver you. When he said that, he left out that part and the day of vengeance of our God. Why? Because God is not angry with you. God does not want to take vengeance on mankind. Amen? He said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me to help, to bring good news to you, to heal your broken heart, to set the captives free, to say to you that this is going to be your best year ever. <laughs> that this is going to be your best year ever. That this is going to be your best year ever. Amen. Amen. Family, if you don't declare it and you don't say it, it's never going to happen. Jesus was saying here, and he says, the Holy Spirit has come to bring breakthrough, to bring restoration in people's lives. He says, those that are bound by sin will now be forgiven and they can walk in liberty without condemnation, but have freedom in the Holy Spirit. Those whose hearts have been broken. Jesus can feel what you are feeling and he wants to heal that broken heart. How? By the working of the Holy Spirit. Those who are bound, who found themselves in prison, captive. You want to move forward, but you feel something is keeping you back. Restrictions in your life, limitations in your lives. He says, I'm going to set you free from that prison. To declare to you that this is the acceptable year of the Lord. A year of favor. Do you believe that? Can I show you something? Did you know one of Jesus' names is the breaker? Do you need Jesus to go before you in the power of the Holy Spirit to break open some doors? Let me see your hand if I'm talking to the right people here. I want you to turn in your Bibles to the book of Micah, chapter 2, verse 13. 
And I want you to underline this scripture. Turn to the person next to you and say, I need the Holy Spirit. But I don't always know how much I need the Holy Spirit. There's so many things that we do in our own strength, in our own ability. When we talk to people, when we want to share the gospel, let people hear God's voice upon your voice. Amen? Let them hear God's voice upon your voice. Just think for one minute, God the Father didn't speak one word when darkness was surrounding him and what he wanted to do. He didn't focus upon the darkness and started confessing the darkness and say, oh, look at this darkness. It's so much darkness. I've never seen such darkness. This is not like darkness. This is like pitch black. This is the darkness of darkness. Am I describing some of you in your situation? You're focusing more on the darkness and saying that Jesus... On the scene, when the Holy Spirit came, God the Father just said, let there be light. And when he said, let there be light, there was light. Light expels darkness. Doesn't matter what darkness is coming against you. If you start to declare light, the darkness must go. Amen? Turn to your neighbor and say, the blessing is greater than the curse. Tell them again, say, the blessing is greater than the curse. Many times we focus so on the curse, we focus so much on the darkness, instead of focusing on the light and declaring the light. But now we start talking about the darkness. Oh, the darkness is so much. The darkness, I've never seen darkness like this. Darkness, darkness, darkness. There's always going to be darkness. Declare light. Amen? If you want your breakthrough, if you want your restoration, you're going to have to align yourself with the Word of God. When you align yourself with the Word of God, you're aligning yourself with the working of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Sometimes the Holy Spirit wants to work in our lives, but we're opposing Him, we're resisting Him. Because we want to tell the Holy Spirit how He should work. And instead of allowing Him to show us how He wants to work in us and through us. Lord, if I want to know that you are God and that you love me, that you want to provide for me. By tomorrow morning, when I go to work, Lord, I don't want to use public transport. Let the Bentley be outside if you love me, Lord. Now you're busy instructing God and not letting God instruct you. Amen. Micah 2 verse 13. The one who breaks open will come up before them. Pass through the gate and go out by it. Their king will pass before them with the Lord at their head. Look here what the Bible says. The Amplified, the breaker, the Messiah will go before you. Who's the Messiah? It's the anointed one. It's Jesus. Jesus came to bring breakthrough. Jesus is our breaker. Doesn't matter what's come against you. He wants to go before you. Moses said, after he had an encounter with the burning bush, when God said to him, I'm taking you to the promised land, to what I've promised you, what I'm going to give you, a land overflowing with milk and honey. Moses said, Lord, I'm not going to go to the promised land. Even what you've promised me, I'm not going to go unless your presence goes with me. Why? Because he knew he had a friend in the Holy Spirit. He knew if God was going to help him by the power of the Holy Spirit, 
high walls, fortified walls will come down. He knew that even if he had to face giants, the Holy Spirit would help them to defeat those giants. Amen? Do you believe that God is your breaker? God is more committed in bringing breakthrough to you that when you hated him, when you wanted nothing to do with him, he sent Jesus Christ to come and establish breakthrough for you. Today it's through the power of the Holy Spirit. The psalmist in Psalm 27 said, Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war may rise up against me, and this I will be confident for one thing I've desired of the Lord that I may dwell in the house of the Lord to behold his beauty and to inquire in his temple. What was he saying? He says, even if an army comes against me, I'm going to go into God's presence and hear what God says about the situation. If you read your Bible, Deuteronomy, Moses teaches the people. He says, you're going to go into this promised land. And God said that the people in this land, they are stronger than you. They are bigger than you. In your own strength, in your own ability, you will not be able to defeat them. But I will let fear strike into their hearts so that they will tremble even before you come. I will go before you and I will help you. Those high walls, you're not going to have to say anything. Just obey my word. And those fortified walls will come down because my Holy Spirit will help you. My presence has gone before you. We're doing too many things in our own strength, in our own ability, instead of trusting God by the leading of the Holy Spirit. Isaiah 37, verse 31. And the remnant who have escaped of the house of Judah shall again take root downward. Root downward, the root of the righteous is us being rooted and grounded in God's word, rooted and grounded in Jesus Christ. When Jesus Christ is your root, the righteous root, You'll bear fruit upwardly. You'll bear the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Shall once again take root downward and bear fruit upward. For out of Jerusalem, that's the church, shall go a remnant. And those who escape from Mount Zion, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Because God loves you and He's got so much zeal towards you, He's going to do it for you. Amen? If you go in and you read this whole passage, you'll see King Hezekiah finds himself in a place in his life where an army has come against him, a huge army, a Syrian army, an army that's mocking him and saying to him, no country, no land of that time God could protect them or help them. But the Assyrian army came with force and they defeated everybody. A matter of fact, it's at a place where some of the fortified cities of Judah has been taken captive by the Assyrian army. So it almost seems like they are busy losing the battle. And the message comes to Hezekiah and he says, you are next. Surrender or I'm going to take you out. Many of us find ourselves in that place where the enemy has come against us. We almost have to want to give in. Almost at a place where you want to start to compromise and find the ways of the world to get your victory. But I want to assure you, God is on your side. If you read earlier in the same book, You'll see that the servant of the Lord found himself with a Syrian army around him and fear gripped his heart. And the man of God prayed and he said, open his eyes, Lord, that he can see. And he realized suddenly in one minute 
that those that are for us are more than those that are against us. You might be facing two or three challenges, but there's a heavenly host ready to support you and to help you. Amen? Amen. Do you believe in angels? Angels are there to help us. And if you read here, go to, go to verse 36. Then the angel of the Lord went out and killed in the camp of the Assyrians 185,000. And when people arose early in the morning, there were the corpses all dead. Okay, let me just clarify something. We're not going to pray that God's going to kill anybody. Amen. You don't want your enemy to die. Because if your enemy dies, how? Will it be possible for the Lord to prepare a table for you in the presence of your enemy to see God's goodness? But the principle remains the same. If God can send one angel to help King Hezekiah and in one night kill 185,000 people, we know the Bible tells us that death has been swallowed up by victory. So we trust God to send his angel to touch 185,000 people's hearts. Trust the angel of the Lord to establish breakthrough for you. Touch those people's hearts that must release your money with a contract that was signed a long time ago, but they've not paid you. Don't pray for God to kill them. Pray that God would send an angel to touch their hearts to release your money. That problem that's been coming against you, pray, Lord, send your angels to solve problems for me, Lord, to keep evil away from me, to bring good things to me to establish breakthrough for me. In your situation that you're facing, if you ask God to send an angel of breakthrough to touch your situation and to change it for you, or have you been sending curses back, return to sender, return to sender, return to sender? No. Our faith works through love. There's a Holy Spirit that is your helper. There's heavenly hosts that want to help you. Jesus Christ came to make a way for us into the Holy of Holies, to be able to go into God's presence. Say, Lord, help me. In your situation that you are facing right now, people are under so much pressure right now. People have almost lost hope. They're almost like King Hezekiah with... A, army of hundreds and thousands of people coming against you a person that's mocking you and said no other God has helped nobody that came up against me could survive I destroyed all of them and took them captive and you see this army coming against you that wants to take you captive and put you back in a place of bondage and slavery God says no I will send my angel apart from the angel of the Lord that wants to help you and bring breakthrough in your life the Holy Spirit is here to help you as well. The Bible says, a fire goes before me to burn up my enemies round and about. People are not our enemy. Amen? Sin is your real enemy. Sin is your real enemy. Wrong attitudes, bitterness, unforgiveness, resentment. Those are the things that keep men in bondage. Those are the things that keep men from blessing, from declaring the word of God. Turn a few pages on to Isaiah 43. Do you need restoration in your life? 
Do you need God by the Holy Spirit to restore some things in your life? Like Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted. Can you see what's number one? To preach it, to say it. Everything that God made, created, He spoke into existence. Have you been robbed? Have you been plundered? Have you been done in? Let me see your hand if you need some restoration in your life. Listen what the Word of God says, Isaiah 42, verse 22. But this is a people robbed and plundered. All of them are snared in holes and they are hidden in prison houses. They are for prey and no one delivers, for plunder and no one says, restore. What is God saying here? He says, if you've been robbed, if you've been plundered, if there's darkness that's come against you, say, restore. It doesn't matter what area of your life. Maybe it's your family life that has been plundered. Maybe it's your business that's been plundered. Maybe your children. Things have been, you've been robbed, you've been plundered. The prophet says, say, restore. Start to declare it, start to say it, and you'll see God will restore it in your life. If there's been things going in your relationships, say, Lord, restore them. People today get offended so quickly. You had a good relationship with your boss, had a good future, now suddenly things have just broken down. Say, Lord, restore, restore, restore. Once you start saying restore, God will give you the strategy and tell you what to do, how to do it. Those first fortified walls, Jericho, God said, keep quiet. And just walk around and do it for seven days. And the seventh day, you do it seven times. And you'll see the walls will come down. And when I tell you to shout, then you shout. Don't shout on the first day. Don't shout on the second day. Keep quiet day one to six. Many times we don't obey the strategy that God has given us. And then we say, the word doesn't work. Now it's very quiet. Some of you should just stop backchatting your boss and you'll get the promotion. But you think you are better than him? Maybe you are better qualified than him. Maybe you know better than him. But he's still got the grace to be your boss. So help him and support him. And as soon as you become more supportive, maybe he'll be more supportive towards you to help you. Don't use your liberty as an opportunity for the flesh where you bite and devour one another. Amen? Acts 3 verse 20 times says, Now it's the time of restoration for all things. That's New Testament. Acts chapter 3 verse 21. Times of restoration of all things. That's what the Holy Spirit wants to do. He wants to restore every area of your life. All things is what he says. Many times we don't see the restoration. Isaiah says, say to that situation, restore. There's no restoration because nobody says restore. You say, Lord, where are the angels that are supposed to fight for me? Psalm 103 verse 20 says that the angels obey the voice of God or the word of God. So as soon as you start declaring the word of God over your situation, you'll not just see the working of the Holy Spirit, but immediately angels will start to fight for you as well. But sometimes breakthrough angels are standing around you to help you and to assist you. 
But all that you are doing is speaking the facts. You are talking about the darkness. The darkness is so dark. It's such dark darkness. This is the darkest darkness of the darkness. It must be darkness that comes out of hell. It's kind of darkness. I wonder if I'll ever see some heaven. It just means that your heart is more full of darkness than of light. Amen. Psalmist says, the Lord is the light of my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Sometimes when fear wants to grip your heart, you have to say, Lord, restore the joy of your salvation unto me. That's what David said. He said, there was a time when I felt saved, when I felt close to you, Lord, when I know I was in covenant with you. I've messed up God. I've made a mistake, a huge mistake. Remember what he did? Committed adultery, and then just to solve the problem he had, the husband killed. That's serious. You think God can forgive that? Yes, God can forgive that. And he said, Lord, restore the joy of your salvation back unto me that I can have that freedom and that peace in my heart. Do not let your spirit depart from me, Lord. Restore me, Lord. Help me, Lord. That's what the Holy Spirit wants to do. The Holy Spirit will help you. On the way to the promised land, from a natural point of view, Lot looked at all the beautiful pieces of the land. And he said, I want that. And Abraham said, you can take that. And when Abraham lifted his eyes, he could see the promised land. And the Lord said, that's the land. You can have the best land, the best fruit, the biggest trees. But if the Holy Spirit is not there, how will you maintain it? And there can be a desert land, but God can say, that is the promised land. Go there. I will go before you. And you know God will cause rivers in a desert. In a dry place, he'll bring new life. When it comes to salvation of people, your family members, Jesus said to his disciples, he says, don't say in four months the harvest will come in, but lift up your eyes and see that the harvest is ready. There are people out there ready for the gospel. You've been saying, I've been praying for these people, nothing has changed. How do you know? God has been touching their hearts. The Holy Spirit has been poured out, working in people's lives. As you've been declaring the word over your family members and your friends, know it's not just your word that you have been speaking, but people will hear God's voice upon your voice. Angels have gone to help you, touching family members' hearts, touching people's hearts with things that you are busy with. Embrace it and hold on to that. Let the Holy Spirit lead you and guide you. Amen? The Holy Spirit is here to help us, to take us from where we are to where He wants you to be. Turn to the person next to you and say, it's a time of restoration. Tell them again, say, it's a time of restoration. God the Father did not speak one word until the Holy Spirit was on the scene. But when He spoke then, Light came and darkness had to go. Moses said, I'm not going into the promised land. Lord, where you want to take me, 
I'm not even going there unless your Holy Spirit goes with me. Because if your presence does not go with me, Lord, how will I be able to maintain it? In my own ability and my own strength, I cannot do it. David was a giant slayer. But he knew when he had messed up, he said, Lord, do not let your spirit depart from me. Because he knew in his own strength, he couldn't kill a giant. But with the power of the Holy Spirit, he had a friend in the Holy Spirit that could dispose of all giants. On this Pentecost Sunday, welcome the Holy Spirit back into your life. Let the Holy Spirit lead you. Let the Holy Spirit guide you. Ask Him to fill you every day. Ask Him to change your heart, to mince your heart. Ask Him to help you so that the fruits of the Holy Spirit can manifest in our lives. If the fruits of the Holy Spirit are not manifesting in our lives, we should ask ourselves, am I really filled with the Holy Spirit? You might be praying, you might be saying things, but you have to do it in the power of the Holy Spirit. He is here to help us. He's here to guide us. He's here to take us from where we are to where God wants us to be. The psalmist says, Lord, restore us. Save us. Cause your face to shine upon us. When God allows his face to shine upon you, means his presence is resting upon you. The Bible teaches us that Jesus, who was anointed, who was filled with the Holy Spirit, went about doing good and healing all those who were oppressed of the Holy Spirit. People don't need another good sermon. They need a touch of the Holy Spirit. Words will change maybe your way of thinking, but the Holy Spirit can change your heart. When the Holy Spirit touches your heart and you allow Him into your life, then that change will be permanent. That's why in the Old Testament they remained under the law. But in the New Testament we find ourselves under grace. Not the fruits of the flesh, but the fruits of the Holy Spirit. When you are led by the Holy Spirit, He will lead you and guide you in all things. When you find yourself in a difficult situation, He will lead you and say, this is the way out. When you are led by the Holy Spirit, if I do something against my wife, say I say something wrong. Maybe I'm rude. Does that happen in your house sometimes as well? That the head of the house is sometimes rude? Very quiet. See men, no, I'm always friendly and nice. My wife. <laughs> sometimes we can come back from work, our minds are so full of things, and the children and your wife talks to you, and you're short, you're rude. But as you walk away and you have the Holy Spirit, He'll say, go and say sorry. And you go and you say, please, my wife, forgive me. That was not nice. That was rude. If you want to be the head of the home, and if you want her to honor you in the way as the body honors Christ, you better be make sure that you are led by the Holy Spirit. When you're led by the Holy Spirit as a father, sometimes you will have to go to your children and the Holy Spirit will tell you, go to your son and say sorry. Go to your daughter and say sorry. The Holy Spirit will lead you and say, I want you to spend a bit more time with your son concerning this and this and this. The Holy Spirit will say, go to this person and tell them this and that. Now we are being led by the Holy Spirit. This is what people need. I'm closing with this. The first three people that got saved in the Bible 
the first three people that got saved in the Bible. Paul, Nicodemus, and the Ethiopian, which represent all of mankind, Noah's three sons, which means God wants all of mankind to be saved. All three of these were not convinced by arguing or by fighting. They had an encounter in the spirit that changed their lives, and they said, I want Jesus. That means this area here, where people's needs are mostly met, there's in the spirit a need that's not been met. And if we can touch them in the spirit, their lives will be changed. Because when you have everything that you think you need, you need a revelation to know that you still need the Holy Spirit. You missed a good place to say amen. amen. Because sometimes we can, so, we can rely so much on our own strength and our own ability, but you need the Holy Spirit. For you to be born again, to be linked up with God, you need the working of the Holy Spirit. The first work of the Holy Spirit in our lives is to regenerate our spirits and link us up with God. 1 Corinthians 6, 17, He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit with Him. So you may have all the riches of this world, but if you don't have the Holy Spirit, you are poor. You may have homes to stay everywhere, places to go every weekend, but the life hereafter, where will you go? Where will you find yourself living? In heaven or in hell? That's why we need the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit did not come to judge. The Holy Spirit didn't come to condemn. The Holy Spirit came to convict. To tell us, listen here, here is a better way to do it. But we are preaching too much condemnation and guilt. That's not the working of the Holy Spirit. Are you living under guilt and condemnation? I hope not. As a Christian, the first work of the Holy Spirit is to remove guilt and condemnation and to link you up with God so that you don't find yourself under condemnation. The Holy Spirit, when you mess up, will always come and help you, always lead you, always guide you. Amen? The law judged us. The law was this perfect husband that could never, ever do anything wrong. But he could never, ever help you to live a better life. But Jesus, after he came in the power of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is leading us now. When you make a mistake and you fall, he picks you up, he says, let me help you and show you a more excellent way. Next time, don't get so angry. Next time, don't speak so quickly. Next time, don't just do what you want to do. Let me tell you when to do it. Now the Holy Spirit is leading us and guiding us and there's value in this relationship. You cannot say you know Jesus, but you don't know the Holy Spirit. You cannot say you obey the Word of God, but you're not allowing the Holy Spirit to lead and guide you. And even if you say the Holy Spirit says, I must do this, what you say must line up with the Word of God. Because the Holy Spirit will never ever contradict the Word of God, because they are one. See you Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website, www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ, loving God, loving people.